today on This Christian Life. I think that we could all agree that a 16-year-old who really just wants to fit in with everybody and not necessarily be pointed out for being different, going out for the school play may not have been the smartest idea. Meet Jason Michaels, a Christian brother, a motivational speaker, and a world-class magician. People will make snide comments and make fun of you for the rest of your time in school. So that's, that's the risk. I think we all want to feel like we're in control, and you do not have control. When he's on stage, he's in control of what you see, when you see it, and how you see it. But after the show, all sense of control stops. It's just me. It just is my life. I became a Christian as a child with two incredible parents. And I grew up with a genuine relationship and a knowing, like a a real knowing, like, like beyond, there's no shadow, there's no doubt at all as far as like my connection to God through Jesus, the Savior. And and I, I feel as though I have that relationship. I was interested in learning a few card tricks when I was about 16 years old. I thought it would be fun. I um, found my way into a magic shop, which used to be here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the man who owned it, Gary Hayes, was there. And uh, he proceeded to perform some up close and personal magic for me. I mean, the type of stuff that just, you know, like it makes your head feel like it's going to explode because you're like sitting there going, I don't even understand how such a thing is possible. I remember thinking two things. Wow, how have I never seen anything like this before? I want to share this feeling with other people. And that set me onto a path uh, having a real passion for performing uh, magic. That led me into something called sleight of hand, which are the techniques that use hand-eye coordination and dexterity and things like that to manipulate objects like coins or playing cards or billiard balls or things like this. My family would get together from time to time at my grandparents' house and I would be working on a new card trick and I would perform it for my family. And it just got these incredible reactions. And and it's really this incredible feeling when you can share that with other people because you know what it felt like the first time you saw it yourself. About that same point in time, I uh, went out for a school play and I got a role. And I fell in love with that as well. Now, what's funny is that I didn't think that the two things were combined. I didn't think the two things were connected at the time. Magic and acting kind of felt like two different things because magic was a little bit more up close and personal. Tourette syndrome is a neurological disorder. It manifests itself through both physical and verbal. You have uncontrollable tics, and they occur just whenever they occur throughout the day. And sometimes they're really intense, and they happen a lot. Sometimes they're not quite as intense and they don't happen as frequently. But I think that we could all agree that a 16-year-old high school junior who really just wants to fit in with everybody and not necessarily be pointed out for being different or having these weird things, I think we can all agree that going out for the school play may not have been the smartest idea. I mean, I mean, really, what happens if you get a role? What happens if you stand up in front of everybody and the ticks come out? I'll tell you what happens. If you bring the entire thing, the entire show to a screeching halt and 400 people watch you have these ticks, you get a nickname. And that's what you become that person. And people will make snide comments and make fun of you for the rest of your time in school. 
So that's, that's the risk. But the blessing was that the moment I stepped on stage, I became perfect. All the ticks were gone. When I was standing in front of an audience, there were no ticks. It was perfection. The moment I got off the stage, the ticks were back. But when I was in front of an audience, when I was doing my, doing my role, when I give my talks, when I do my magic shows, the ticks for the most part are not there anymore. People have asked me, well, what do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, I guess you could look and maybe try to figure out some different things, but I personally think that this is the thing that I was gifted to do. I think this was God's blessing for my life and this is what he wanted me to do with my life. When I'm on stage, I just feel like I'm at home and I have relief from these uncontrollable ticks. That is a major part of my story. Man, you know, it's constantly in the Bible that God will take the things that seem to be weak and use them for strength. Moses is a great example. Oh, yeah, for sure. He can't speak well. He says, I'm slow of tongue, all of that. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to have you go talk to Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Just, hey, Moses, get out of the way here. I got this thing under control. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we all want to feel like we're in control. And when you have these ticks, you're very much out of control. You do not have control. They're just happening until they stop. When I went to college and university, I majored in theater, performance theater. I wanted to be a professional actor. After all was said and done, and I had to make a decision, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? What path am I going to take? And I was reading a magic magazine, and I saw a, an advertisement for a magician had a big-time illusion show, and he was looking for backstage hands, tech hands, technicians. And I said, well, oh, that, that'd be awesome. And I ended up getting a job working for him for several years and really learned the sort of illusion side of it. And when we talk about an illusionist, you're not talking about like a, a close-up magician. You're talking about someone who does things with people, like making someone disappear or reappear or cut them in half. And so the reason that they're called illusions is because a lot of times they rely on optical illusion properties and proper staging in order to create these beautiful, uh, really uh, amazing illusions. So I got to work with this magician named Brett Daniels for several years. Uh, I moved back to Nashville and little by little started renting out small theaters in, you know, in little cities and doing all my own promotion. And I wrote a show and I basically self-produced it and started putting it in front of audiences. I've had the opportunity to perform all over the United States of America. I've performed magic in about 30 different countries around the world. I work a lot with the United States military. I basically take shows to the men, women, and family that are stationed all over the world because they need a touch of home. They need to be reminded that the people back home are thinking about them and caring about them. And I provide an escape from the day-to-day -day grind that they often feel. And I remind them that, hey, there are folks that love and care about you and want to see you do well and look forward to having you back in the US. And so I provide an evening of fun and amazement and escape. Meanwhile, Jason had made friends with another unlikely magician with a very interesting past, the amazing Stephen Bergazzi. 
And if you've listened to this Christian Life podcast, you've heard his story. He overcame severe physical and mental abuse, survived a guard dog attack that left him without half his face, and suffered multiple reconstructive operations, then rose above it all, learned to love, learned to forgive, all thanks to our very powerful God. And he became one of the top magicians in the world. Stephen was Jason's friend, and he would encourage Jason, go, let the secret out, go public and share your story about having Tourette's. Over the course of years, he uh, continued to seed that, and he would bring it up for me from time to time, and little by little, he showed me through his own personal example uh, of doing his own talks, why it was important for me to share my story. And I saw him connect with people that were coming up to him, just having been moved, having heard his story and connected with that story because it, it reminded them of their own story or there was something about it that they needed to hear. At some point, the light bulb went off and I said, okay, I get it. I understand the reason that I need to share my story of living with these uh, uncontrollable tics is because somebody needs to hear this story. Somebody needs to hear that life is difficult and yet there are other people just like you who are dealing with difficulties. You're not alone. You're not the only person. I wrote a book about it entitled You Can Do the Impossible Too and the book is about two things. It's about growing up with Tourette syndrome and it is also about wanting to be sort of my adventures wanting to become a professional magician. I now perform both entertainment only magic shows but also um, sort of inspirational programs where we talk about very specific resiliency techniques and ways to deal with challenges that sometimes feel overwhelming, the, the things that we all deal with. Resiliency. Let's take a moment and think about this. The Bible says that in this world you will have tribulation. Jason Michael, Stephen Bogazzi, and so many of the other people we featured on This Christian Life, these people, by God's grace, have overcome overwhelming odds, whether it's loss, illness, abuse, weakness, so much more. God's Word helps us to submit to His plan for our lives, no matter what comes our way. He is the potter, and we are the clay. So He alone makes us resilient. Resilience is so important, especially when we look at today's world where everybody's dealing with anxiety. And mm -hmm. most of us want to just get rid of anxiety entirely and never feel any discomfort, never feel anything. The Bible even mentions that we're going to go through suffering. So can you talk a little bit about that, about how someone can be resilient and how they can overcome the suffering and trials of this world? This is the thing that I don't always get to share because not all groups are interested in this message. But, you know, when you have uncontrollable ticks and for that's what it is for me and for other people they might deal with depression or or, or whatever they're dealing with it it really feels sometimes like it's more than you can handle i think when you feel isolated that that is probably one of the worst things when you feel like you're the only person going through something or dealing with this overwhelming you know challenge or this obstacle and I would never tell somebody, hey, you need to go tell the world or you need to stand up in front of a bunch of people and tell your story. But I would absolutely say, find someone who you trust implicitly that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt has your back and talk about it. Because the moment you start talking about what you're dealing with, little by little, it starts to take the power away from that thing 
that felt like it had power over you and now all of a sudden it's empowering to you the more I talked about it with other people, the more it normalized Tourette syndrome. I was embarrassed by Tourette syndrome and the tics into my 30s. I'm talking about a fully grown adult, still embarrassed. And for good reason, because sometimes people will just make fun of you just because, you know, they're so startled by the tics. But by talking about it, all of a sudden, what happened to me was I realized, no, uh, my life is not defined by Tourette syndrome. Tourette syndrome is just a small part of a much bigger picture. I have passions and I have a career and I have family that I'm close to. I have a lot of things that make me who I am. I have certain traits that make me who I am and Tourette syndrome is just one of those things. And by talking about it, this beautiful word, it normalizes it. I, I think that so it would be very easy for somebody to look at that and say, wow, that's almost like a curse. You, you just don't get any relief. But the simple fact of the matter is it's a blessing. And it's a blessing because I wouldn't have my point of view. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without this. And I wouldn't have both the sympathy and the empathy for other people who are going through difficulties without this. And so, yes, we're all going to deal with things that at some point um, test us. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's that thorn in your side. Paul called it a messenger from Satan. But it could be anything. It's not going to let you go. God may or may not take it away. Paul prayed three times that God would remove his affliction, and God never did. Jason finally saw God's hand in the struggle, and now he says he wouldn't have had it any other way. That's why he wanted to share his story with you today, to encourage you to be resilient while living with, well, anything, any struggle you have. A lot of people just feel overwhelmed, and they feel stress. Just the nonstop, the onslaught of life. I remember being diagnosed with Tourette syndrome at age 13, but at age 7, I remember as far back as six and seven having the ticks. Well, I'm a magician and I love mystery, but not all mysteries are good mysteries. And not knowing why you're having these ticks is not necessarily a great thing because you don't know how to manage. You don't know how to treat. You're not even sure what it is. And said, what happened when I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome is exactly what I just said. Now and now my family knew we could try medications. Uh, we could try different specific techniques on how to manage the ticks. And I have a bunch of different techniques. I'll share one with you that I think is really wonderful. And it's simply called compassion. Think about this, just listen, a hypothetical situation. Let's say your closest friend comes to you and says, hey, I'm dealing with this thing and it is more than I can bear. And I just want to talk about it. I just want to get it out. I believe you would have compassion for that person. I believe you would want to listen. You would want to show them some love. You would want to express to them that they're not the only person going through something like this. And that's wonderful. But the thing I always question, the thing I always wonder is why don't we treat ourselves as though we are our own best friend? In today's world, we're so critical of ourselves. It's so easy to beat yourself up about something. But shouldn't we be treating ourselves with compassion? And so often we don't. So often we just talk about, oh, I should be better and I'm this, and we just blame ourselves. But I say we should be full of compassion for ourselves and the challenges that we have in the moment. I was, I'm the worst. 
I was massively embarrassed and like could literally couldn't talk about could not say the could barely say the words Tourette syndrome even to my closest family. I could barely talk about it even with my parents into my adulthood. But then I stopped being so critical of myself and I said, you know what? Show some compassion to yourself. And and the moment that I changed that mindset, it was an important moment because I realized that everybody goes through difficulties and I'm not the only person going through something that is tough. And so treating myself well is good for me. Those are some of the resilience techniques that I talk about when I when I share my my programs and, and I think those are really powerful techniques. One thing that just came to mind when you were talking about having compassion for yourself, in a way it reminds me of the gospel message that, you know, one of the main things of Christianity is that we are not good enough, but Christ is. And sometimes you have to preach that to yourself. It's very easy to be like, I'm not good enough for God. I'm not good enough for God. I haven't done this today. I haven't done this today for God. Mm -hmm. But reminding yourself that that's okay, he knew that when he loved you and saved you, Mm -hmm. that you would not be good enough, but his son Jesus was, Mm -hmm. is like having compassion on yourself. It's reminding yourself that it's okay that you're a creature that fails because God never fails. Sometimes we have to learn. I don't know if the word is to forgive yourself, but but it's just to not beat yourself up so much. And one of the best ways to do that is to understand when you have a relationship with the Lord, you understand that it's not all about you because of Jesus' perfection and life and sacrifice to die for us. We don't have to be perfect. We can we can try our best, but we'll never achieve perfection but we don't have to because we have a Savior. You know, that reminds me of, I think it's Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Another verse that seems to be coming up all the time is the one that tells us that God can use our suffering and the comfort that we get from him to comfort others that are going through the exact same suffering. That's exactly right. I think it's 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Every now and then I'll stand up in front of a group and I'll see the people sitting there and it's right before I start and I think to myself, God, why are you doing this? Why are you sharing your story? None of these people care. And I, and I talk about it. And I talk about the struggles and all that stuff. And it never fails. But some will come, will come up to me and tell me, how you know something I said touched them and it really made an impact. And that's the reason to do it. By, by bearing your soul, so to speak, by learning how to become vulnerable with people and taking off all the armor, you can actually empower other people as well as yourself. And so now the intent really is, well, let's help some people. Let's, let's help some folks. Let's let, let this be a blessing to others. Yeah, it's like how Jesus said, um, if you seek to keep your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, yeah. you'll gain it. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're going after the things that make you happy, you won't get them. But if you go after God, you'll be happy. That's one of those things that uh, I think it almost sounds like, well, what does that mean? But the way that you connected that to my sort of illustration, that is definitely one of the ways that it works, no doubt. And it's, and it's wonderful.
this is just a personal little thing that I do. But every time before I step out in front of a group, I say a prayer and I just ask the Lord, I just say, hey, listen, you know the intent of my heart here and you know what I'm trying to do. And please just come into this room and touch these people. And I even say, look, I may not even say the right things, but <laughs> but you can you can say the right thing so that if I don't say it right, they're going to hear it right. I do that every time. And I feel like one of the reasons people come up to me afterward and want to share with me, I think it's because of that. I think it's because the Lord is blessing it. It breaks my heart to see some of these kids with Tourette syndrome at a young age and they feel like they don't have a future. I see some of the groups online, people posting about their experiences and their lives and they're going through incredibly difficult times and it just, like I said it breaks my heart but I think that maintaining perspective is a big thing and understanding that a season is different from a lifetime yes ticks were very difficult and as weird as it is to say even though I still live with these ticks at some point I just got used to them and it just became normal does it make it easy? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's just me. It just is my life. It's neither good nor bad from that point of view. It's just, this is just, this is just me. I, I, I have these texts and that's, that's day-to-day -day life. And these kids that feel hopeless at a young age, I just, I just sit there and I think to myself, just keep going. You'll be okay. You'll get through it. The simple fact of the matter is this, that no matter how, how bad it has gotten for me, I have always known that God has ha has my back. I've always known, and I just I just um, when I talk to people and I can tell that they don't have that relationship, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because when you have a relationship with God, you're never alone. So that's the most important thing, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today. Um, it's beautiful that we can learn these resilience techniques and that we can apply them to our lives and that we can learn how to better deal with difficulties. But far better is to have that relationship with the Creator, that you just know that God has your back. Don't worry, I got this. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.